Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Characters. Is it till wet it or till we're wet? <laughs> I'm your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred. And I'm Chris. I don't know what that means either. Gossidus. <laughs> Comic stuff! <laughs> I kind of... Surprise? S- no, I meant... Fucking <laughs> soundy, man. This guy. I thought for sure you were going to do like a Stephen Grant um, like thing. And Boy, Bobby Mike. Yeah. What's all this then? Oh, what's up with this then? I'm at my friend Tom Oland. Hey, isn't it? Podcasting, isn't it? Isn't it? Beans on toast. <laughs> but I wanker. Um, <laughs> wow. Just if we had any UK listeners, they're they're gone. Bye. See you. They're leaving. Bye. Uh, That's right. Red coats. Oh. Out of here. Oh, I saw a meme uh, yesterday. It was saying that uh, Arizona tea, which in most places in the United States is still 99 cents. I think in some places it's like $1.49, but whatever. Uh, mostly inflation proof, right? But in the UK, it's $3. <laughs> and so the meme was like... Uh, yeah, Arizona tea is three dollars in the UK. Oh, what's that? Y'all don't y'all don't like that? Y'all don't like the three the ta- Well, you know what? Fuck you. The tariffs, the tea. You like that? Three hundred years in the making, bitches. <laughs> I was like, all right, it's a weird campaign for Arizona tea, but I'm here for it. Yeah. No, I mean you already had a customer, but I'm I'm ten toes down now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we're yeah I'm loading up I'm loading up that mini fridge. <laughs> Meat fridge. You got them cold and waiting. No, not meat fridge, mini fridge. Uh, I thought you said meme fridge. Oh, a meme fridge. That's a yeah, good man. idea. I don't know right. what that means, but we could you still... Gotta keep th- you got to keep them fresh. Yeah, they got to be fresh. Yeah, like meat. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we I could mean, sell that to the, the Zoomers. Sure. Yeah, it's, especially because, you know, if you keep them fresh, then you're... Stops. Oh, <laughs> Oh, uh, you're gonna get a lot of traction out of that one, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's worth it. It's good. It's good. It's, it's good okay. times. How you doing, man? How, how's it going? I'm well. I'm well. Doing all right. Uh, yeah. It's uh, man. End of the year and stuff for school year is yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Like, you know, you imagine Sisyphus might have like an off day and the boulder just comes rolling back down and he's like, "That's okay. Um, I'm here for that. Squish me." That's kind of like what that is, but like for two months. Yeah. I was yeah. wondering, do you have like a disassociative place? Uh, by the way, we'll be talking about Moon Knight later. Uh, spoilers, I guess. <laughs> but do you have like a disassociative place that you can go to where perhaps there's a hippo, you know, or something? Like there's just a giraffe <laughs> that can talk to you where you're just like, all right, I'm in. I'm, I'm chilling. It's fine. I don't know what's in that other sarcophagus. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about sometimes, it. Sometimes I do take out my car key and just start stroking it and be oh. like, no, no. Not yet. Can't leave yet. <laughs> Car payments. And sometimes I do have like a raven because stereotypical English teacher. I have a raven in my room. And sometimes I have picked it up and started kind of like petting it. Just like for solace. Yeah. For solace. Some, and, kids, and, some, some of the kids know what's, what's up. They start laughing. Yeah. For solace. For solidarity. For both. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things have been going pretty good, I guess. I've been working way too much. Uh, Got some auctions going on? Doing, dude, did <laughs> tried to do a live in person, like with paddles, 
you know, like people bidding with a paddle kind of auction and an online simultaneous. Wow. Uh, what? Dude. Hybrid instruction. So, so difficult. So many oh, yeah. things to try to navigate. I don't think I'm going to do that again. I don't, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. It's probably, that was probably a one and done. I mean, I definitely want to do more uh, live in-person auctions and then uh, definitely more online auctions, but maybe, maybe for, for, for other hith, hith for, I, I don't know those what? words. Henceforth, for two, they, the, the two <laughs> shall not meet, shall not cross. All right. <laughs> I was trying to get literary, like you were, like you were doing, but my brain was like, nah, we're <laughs> no, just no. Uh, yeah, it was uh, not great. Not uh, my brain, not great right now. That's okay. That's okay. I, uh, you know, if it, it's um, almost like you have something stuck in your head, like a sound or something. Oh yeah. Like yeah, if we were to peer, take a take a little gander into there, this might pop out. Oh, man. Okay, so here's the TM idea. What if we start a movie company and just every picture, the fanfare is that at the <laughs> beginning. And so every movie will do well because everyone will be hyped out their fucking minds every time. Even for like a somber release, even for anything, like some anything and everything. Prestige drama. Yes. Trying to go right up against a twenty four. Yep. <laughs> Rolling Stone. I knew I had a divorcer when I saw the paper. <laughs> right. <laughs> have you ever looked right. at the eyes of your soulmate and noticed they didn't have a soul? Mate. End it. End it. Hi, my name's Stephen Grant. Hey. So we brought it back to Moon Knight, guys. Y'all didn't think we were going to do it. We did it. <laughs> By the way, thank you, fans, as always, fans out there in the CBS universe. We love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, as you can tell, if I've done my job and we'll edit this quickly, as quickly as we can usually, uh, hopefully within 24 to 48 hours, this will be up soon. And, guys, we're getting on a more normal uh, release schedule, like I promised. <laughs> Uh, we are going to be doing some retro reviews later in the year. Lots of people have been asking about that since we brought it up, so that's great. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Just real quick up the top, what we're going to talk about uh, is the unfortunate passing of two comic book legends um, in uh, George Perez and Neil Adams, who unfortunately both passed away over uh, the last few weeks. Uh, we're also going to talk about Moon Knight as it has concluded on Disney Plus. We're going to hit uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We've got the Big Wheel winner as always, and uh, yeah. So uh, let's let's jump into it. Uh, I did tease this on the feed. If you all don't know what I'm talking about, check out our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash uh, Deal Before Pod. Or you can hit up the website, which will direct you to the page directly, uh, cb, uh, Uh, and, um, okay, so anyway, I teased on there that I had a story for Neil Adams. So Neil Adams, uh, for those who might not know, we know we have a lot of listeners that are primarily, um, 
like movie TV show watchers of, of the stuff mm-hmm. that we talk about, which is totally fine. Uh, you know, enjoy, especially nowadays, enjoy what you can in the way that you want. Um, if you're not a comic reader, that's okay. No hate there. Uh, we always encourage you to check out, you know, the characters' exploits via the printed page. But, um, you know, if you want to do you the be, movie. You TV, become like, like us and our comic buyers and get to read them too. And then just let it let it build up until it's a giant pile t- uh, tall enough to crush not only your hopes and dreams, but literally yourself as well. And then you can leave this mortal coil. Uh, wow. Don't know where that came from. Uh, Neil Adams. <laughs> from That's from Hamlet. Scene oh, there two, you, act two. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, yes, Mr. Mr. Professor over here. Uh, very good, very good. Uh, uh, Neil Adams, born in, in 1941, unfortunately passed away on April 28th at the age of 80. Um, he was a writer, occasional writer, and um, but perhaps most well-known as a penciler and inker, an artist for both Marvel and DC Comics. Uh, did a lot of great Batman stuff all through the 70s and 80s. He did Green Lantern, Green Arrow, X-Men. He's the guy who drew the Muhammad Ali versus Superman comic. Which oh, yeah. Is a really fun read. And here's a little trivia. Uh, if you ever check that comic out, you can check it out digitally, I think, on Comixology. Not sponsorship, but not a sponsor, not an ad. But uh, they have it on there. And... Um, he actually drew in a ton of celebrities of the day in in that comic. So they're all littered all in the audience. You'll see some Saturday Night Live cast members, some famous actors and actresses of the time, some political figures. It's, it's pretty great. Uh, but I do have a story. And uh, I know I'm, I'm kind of uh, talking a lot right now, but I do want to share this story. Uh, and then, Chris, I'll, of course, get your thoughts on Neil Adams. Um so Neil Adams came to San Antonio, I want to say about four years ago. Um, and, you know, something he likes to do at shows is he'll do commissions. He'll he'll offer up like maybe one or two commissions that he can do live. Now, they're, they're very expensive depending on what you want because these are original pieces of art from a literal comic legend. <laughs> um, so I, I want to say like the starting price is like $500 and it goes Ooh, up from there. Yeah. Uh, when I happened upon him at this particular convention, he was in the middle of doing kind of like a dra- Dungeons and Dragons kind of themed fantasy piece that was very, very large. And I had to would guess, uh, venture a guess of the commission fee was probably upwards of five to $8,000. That's how big and detailed this piece was. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a thing, <laughs> and so he's like you know pretty focused on that. He's really putting in a lot of effort, a real master of the craft kind of thing. And I'm kind of chit chatting him up a little bit as I'm like perusing through his prints, and I am gonna buy stuff, you know. And I, you know, uh, he was doing this thing where if you like buy a certain amount, you could get a free signature. Or the signature was going to be like 20 or $40 otherwise. And so I got a few things. Um, but the one thing I want to come, I uh, would like to share uh, with this experience is that, so he, he, he grew up in New York City. He died in New York City. And let me tell you that this guy was New York through and through. <laughs> 
not rude. I wouldn't say he was rude, but he 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 was short in the way that, like, if you're from New York, it's totally normal. Not he wasn't meant to be. He wasn't trying to be like, you know, mean or rude or anything. But like, compared to what I guess most people consider like Southern hospitality of Texas, mm. you could see as he was interacting with other people that they were just like, Oh, should I not bother him? You know, (laughs) but he was, he was, he was happy to answer any question. He was happy to engage in conversation. It just sounded, he just kind of sounded like it, it wasn't his bag, you know? And, and I Mm. think that just has a lot of money. I don't talk fast. You listen slow. Right. Right. So I think, uh, I think, you know, that's just who he was. And, um, Whereas, you know, Jack Kirby, well-known curmudgeon, you know. Uh, so I would say, like, Neil Adams, in a way, I, I came across, I came away from that experience kind of thinking, like, oh, he's like Jack Kirby Jr. Like, a little bit of the same, but, like, not as rough around the edges. And, and you know, again, he was, he was happy to have a conversation. Um, I asked him, and I... I felt like he looked up at me for a second after I asked him this question. And then I thought to myself, Arvizu, you probably could have asked a better question. You're, you're, you've been a journalist. Like, did you just ask him something he's been asked a million times? And I think the answer is yes. <laughs> but the question I asked him was, you know, you're a prolific artist. You've drawn so many characters over the years. You know, who was your favorite to draw? Do you, does, who has been your favorite? And is that character still your favorite to draw now? And he he kind of looked up at me, and he and again he gave me this expression of like, ah, oh, this question again, you know. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, I, I have failed. I have failed. Seven hundred twenty-three. Yeah, yeah, I failed. That's okay. That's okay. But he said it was Batman. Um, he he really loved the the way he could draw Batman, knowing that you know the cape the way that he could make the cape move um he liked he he did go into a little bit more detail he said that he really enjoyed drawing facial expressions for batman and so knowing that listeners if you there's many books of neil adams art that you can get from a library or from a local comic book store look at batman's face i actually went after he told me that i kind of went through some of uh, his art um, online and yeah Batman's like like gasping a lot or like shocked a lot mm. he's very like oh oh ah <laughs> like uh, <laughs> and that's because Neil Adams uh, that was something he liked to do I guess he liked to uh, to really put expression into Batman's face so I thought that was really interesting uh, do you remember reading anything? Uh, you know, I know he's kind of a little bit before our time in a way, uh, yeah. especially with like the Batman stuff. But do you remember seeing anything? I think that Superman versus Muhammad Ali is pretty iconic. I think a lot of people right. have at least seen that cover. Yeah, like any com- any Comic Con you go to, it's there at some yeah. booth. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of like, no, even the X Men stuff was like pretty before our time too. Yeah. Uh, not really. I, I can't think. I was just kind of perusing uh, some articles here, but like I saw that he got a chance to direct um, a movie, uh, Nana's, later released by Trilma under the title "Death to Pee Wee," "Death to the Pee Wee Squad," which uh, starred his children, 
and some oh. comic, comic professionals at the time. So wow. uh, I was just going to say, like, yeah, I mean, that's to, to, to be able to get, you know, go from inking <laughs> and penciling to being able to, you know, include your family in a project um, that you're a director for. That, that's just like the, that's a full breadth of the industry right there. Uh, kind of like a precursor to what, you know, comics kind of actually did. They, they went into the movies and they kind of like took over. <laughs> uh, right. So no, it, it's just great to see that um, the entire family got to kind of like have fun together. Um, yeah, and then and that was another thing. Uh, you know, this wasn't something I asked him directly, but I do, rec- you know, recall he was talking to other fans, and he he did he did mention things about his family. So he very much was a family man. Uh, I know that seems kind of cliche to say about a person, but it it really did seem to ring true. Just listeners, uh, another character that comes to mind um, that maybe people might know uh, he created the character Dead Man. Um, who is a DC character who has the ability to um, like inhabit living people to um, try to right wrongs, I guess. He's like, he's sort of like a spirit of vengeance in a way, but like not as intense. He's like a chill. Wasn't he in Justice League Dark? Yeah, he was in Justice League Dark. Oh man, I forgot about that movie and now I'm thinking about how was that one of the beginning of it is it's so yeah <laughs> oh man it's so tough so tough and then you find out the reveal with the Constantine thing oof oof <laughs> oof 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 we might have to cover that at some point we probably should do like a, a DC animated retrospective at some point um but yeah just uh you know our deepest condolences to Mr. Adams's family his friends anyone that knew him and loved him um, again, truly an icon uh, in the industry. Um, yeah, I guarantee everybody that his... I mean, probably everyone listening to this podcast has seen his art, whether they knew it or not. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of iconic covers. Um, and he helped establish Green Arrow as a legitimate character in the DC Comics because for a long time, the Green Arrow was kind of a joke. And... Um, Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill, um, they really helped to to reinvigorate that character, and so much so that like eventually there was a very popular TV show called Arrow on the CW, and that's I guarantee you if Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill hadn't gotten a hold of that character, that never would have happened. Um, so yeah, just uh, our condolences, but we you know as we like to say, we like to um, honor those that have passed away, not. We do want to mourn as well, but we love to honor and we love to think about the things that they contributed and the joy that they've brought into the world because that's what the world needs. More things to enjoy and to help us all get through this um, this uh, this life that we're all living. It's a, it's a thing. Okay, so unfortunately, uh, even after that, uh, and this is more recent, uh, literally as of a, a few days ago, um, we all knew that George uh, Perez was in uh, ill health, uh, suffering from pancreatic cancer. Uh, we've talked about it before in previous episodes. Um, you know, really, uh, the initial report was that he was already told by doctors to get his affairs in order, that, like, mm-hmm. he might have a year at the most, but more likely four to six months. That that turned out that bared out to be true um 
Now, George, uh, a little, a little, um, born in 1954, also in New York. I mean, that's interesting. I want like so many people in the in the comic industry come out of New York, but um, he's a little more recent in terms of of his art. Uh, really prolific artist in the 80s, especially for Avengers and Teen Titans, or what he would call new new Teen Titans that he did with Marv Wolfman. Um, and Wonder Woman. Um, so a lot of like the Wonder Woman that we have seen in the first two movies, a lot of that was based off the version that George uh, Perez did. Hmm. That is did with um, with DC Comics. And uh, I also did get to meet him. Um, golly, I don't even remember how many years it's been, to be honest. I want to say six, somewhere between six and ten years ago. Uh, this guy... Much more happy uncle energy. If if I could if I could describe it anyway, that's how I would do it. Happy uncle, super um, personable, super um, you know gregarious, just friendly. Whereas Neil Adams had a little bit of the tortured artist kind of vibe to him, which is totally fine. Um, George Spedes was just um, just like sunshine and rainbows. I mean, just so happy to talk to everyone to meet any of his fans to sign comics to talk about comics and um i didn't you know i didn't have a lot of time with him or anything but uh, just just could not have been a friendlier person uh and they really came across too in social media and just like a lot of the posts that his wife would make or whatever uh, his family would make online as he's been you know ill um but for those you know that want to know more about george check out uh, Wonder Woman Volume 2. It's from the 80s, mid to mid to late 80s. Uh, he also did The Avengers with Kurt Busiek, Um also in the 80s and I think early 90s. He did, okay, and then the thing he's probably most well known for um, as, a, as an artist and writer is Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about Doctor Strange in a little bit which is a movie all about the multiverse. Well, let me tell you that Crisis on Infinite Earths was kind of like the first big multiverse story in comic books. Um, it, it was a way that DC Creative wanted to tie up their long, even at that point, long history of characters from the 40s. You know, we're now in the 80s. It's been multiple decades. And they wanted to kind of tidy everything up and start fresh. Well... You do that by um, looking at the characters from the, the 40s and 50s and saying, well, what if they're in a different universe? Like, what if that's a totally different thing? And it's where, you know, spoilers, it's where the Flash dies, it's where Supergirl dies. Uh, a lot of big stakes in that story. The kind of big event story was kind of born out of that. Uh, Marvel did Secret Wars as well, so it was kind of those were the two big main crossover events that kind of kicked off like every major comic event that we get now. So like talking about things like Secret Invasion or Civil War or Convergence, you know, on the DC side, things like that. Those are all they all started with Crisis on Infinite Earths and Secret Wars. Mm. Um, but again. Uh, uh, did you did you recall? I mean, you know, I, I'm sure you've seen the the Wonder Woman stuff. Um, 
her hair is real big. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably the best way I could put it, but it like seems to fit. It suits really well. He, he the one thing that George did that I really appreciated was that he kind of invoked a lot of in his interpretation of Wonder Woman, he invoked a lot of the very early Wonder Woman, you know, like literally from the 40s. Mm. Um, a lot of, you know, um, like using the lasso a lot. Um, mm. You know, kind of, you know, like slightly bondagey covers sometimes, <laughs> you know, but that you hadn't seen on Wonder Woman, you know, for decades at that point. Right. I mean, um, I, yeah. The, the only thing I was going to kind of bring up on that was like it's kind of like his uh, his own thing he had on Boom for a little bit there. Oh, uh, the Boom Studios. Yeah, the 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 sirens uh, like the covers at least kind of be uh, S and M a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. You can you again. You can see kind of the hints in Wonder Woman, and then it's a little more because every, he's not every middle. He's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not as uh, handcuffed by like a DC Warner Brothers yeah. kind of thing, right? Like so with Boom Studios, I actually have some of those Sirens issues, and um, you know it's funny because we were talking about the auctions earlier. One of the early Collectors Cove live auctions, one of the mystery boxes that somebody won had a George, uh, that is signed Sirens comic in it. Oh damn! So I wonder. I don't remember who won that, but whoever did, I hope they. I hope they still have it and they enjoy it. But again, uh, we just wanted to, you know, of course, um, give time and space to these two icons in the comic industry. And, and listeners, please feel free to check out their artwork, their their stories. Uh, I guess in Neil Adams' case, to look for that movie that he directed. And, and you <laughs> there's know, a yeah. there's actually in, in uh, any true believers who are at the MegaCon Orlando convention coming up on May twenty second. There's going to be a open open memorial. It says. Uh, to be held for George Bettis. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, he, he was living in uh, Sanford, Florida when he passed, mm. so that that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, again, we 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 want to we want to uh, err on the side of, of honoring these people. Uh, of course, it is very sad that they're of their both of their passing. Uh, definitely George, especially before his time. But it feels like, but um, you know just so happy to have such amazing creative talents out there in the world that that we got to enjoy for so many years and can still enjoy today and tomorrow Mm -hmm. um that's the great thing about comics is in a way they're they're archives right they're they're the history of all of this and it's um you know the new teen titans by the way for those that like teen titans like the cartoon network show that show would not have existed without uh george bettas uh, his version of the new Teen Titans when when he, when they did that. So anyway, yeah, just uh, yeah. Uh, so thank you, uh, George and Neil. We we really appreciate everything you guys did. And uh, yeah. With that, Chris, uh, do you want to go ahead and move on to the next next topic? Next topic. Next up, we have uh, is that says Mom Mother's Day. No, no, no. What? Wait, what did I put? It's actually, I think we should do... Oh, Moon, Moon Knight. Night. Moon, Knight, Moon Knight next. But then Mom? All right. Yeah, Mom. M- Multiverse of Madness. Oh, it came sorry, out, sorry. like, near Mother's oh. Day. They did that on purpose. Oh! I'm really surprised they haven't leaned into... You know what? We'll talk about it when we get to it. We'll talk about it when we get to it. I mean, uh, yeah, all right. There, there's talk yeah. about motherhood in that movie. Yeah, it's actually kind of a weird... It's a weird thing that they did there. 
<laughs> All right. So, um, Oscar Isaac, oh, Ethan Hawke. Getting, getting the character. Blimey! Blimey! Crikey! Oh! Jim? What are you What are you doing there, Stephen? What's What's Beans going on? Toast, didn't it? Yeah. What Boy, you... that Zendaya is awfully pretty. <laughs> at the moment, got himself a looker. Uh, you're You're not wrong there, Stephen. You're not wrong there. I'll tell you that much. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some Old Spice on and uh, some Stetson cologne. Now. Oh no. Uh, yeah, so anyway, the show on Disney Plus, a huge hit. Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, May Kalamawe. I say her last name like I'm Borat saying, my wife, <laughs> and I cannot not do that. You almost said it like Lenny Kravitz. Are you going to call my way? Are you going to make Kalamawe? my way? It's going to be a struggle for me, y'all. Just I'm owning up to it right now. Um, so, golly, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I do know where to start with this, but I do. I'm going to mention this now before I forget. Yeah. I will absolutely forget to mention this later. Ooh. F. Murray Abraham is Conchu. So good. How could you forget my name? Yeah. So good. Wow. Just loved it. Loved it. Anyway. Um, okay. This is where I want to start with it. Oscar Isaac. Holy hell. Holy freaking hell, man. Yep. Ooh, boy. Like, what is this guy's ceiling as an actor? Uh, is He's like the... He's like what um, Jared Leto wishes he was. <laughs> I think is what it is. <laughs> wow. Jared Leto out here catching strays, as he rightfully should. Yeah. Yeah, because so, he, he, he has that believability to him that Leto doesn't. Yes. Well, and the skill. <laughs> and, the, and the nuance. Yeah. But, so it's directed by uh, <laughs> Mohammed. Uh, and... Yeah, it's directed by Mohammed Diab and uh, also the first um, Egyptian uh, creative voice in the MCU mm-hmm. so far, which is really cool. Uh, kind of sucks that, like, okay, we're going to. We'll, we'll dip into this a little bit. Kind of sucks that uh, Egypt decided to uh, ban Multiverse of Madness. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little more when we get to Doctor Strange. <laughs> Feels like a little bit of a betrayal, uh, but I like that Marvel really seemed to want to try to do this as authentically as they could, or at least bring in voices that we don't typically see uh, in big budget things like this. Mm-hmm. That all being said, Oscar Isaac is absolutely the reason to watch the show. He's fucking amazing. He's never not amazing in it. There's literally not a second where he's not crushing it. There are scenes that towards the back end of the show, like the last two episodes or so, where you're like, okay, dude. like He's like Michael Jordan in like the <laughs> 93 finals. Like he's just, he's just going nuts. Like He's he just, just flipping the backboard to himself, alley, self value. Yeah, I mean, he's dunking from the free throw line. He's just he's going nuts. He's he's like going in and out of multiple characters. Yeah, like it's like it's nothing. And it it's wild to see. It is really wild to see. What is the thing that you took away from this show? Let's talk about uh, it in broad strokes. Yeah, uh, 
that it was a little bit smarter than we kind of gave it credit for. Like I think with the Disney Plus releasing everything like it's like a broadcast schedule, right? Like weekly. Um, I guess people kind of get a tendency to overanalyze every single episode on its own, and like it, it's really hard to lose, I guess, the context of the whole season. Even it's this short, right? It's a miniseries. Right. Uh, it's basically a long movie, <laughs> so it, it's. It, I, I guess the tendency to overanalyze because it's all the new stuff we have. That, that that's kind of natural, but like giving it a chance to breathe. I think that's what some people found kind of weird about Wandavision. It's like, why the hell? Why are we in the fifties? What's going on here? What are we doing? A lot of tribute shit going on until you get the realization that that's how she learned English to begin with in Sokovia. Right. right. Uh, but watch no reruns. Um, in this one, I think you know we're giving a little bit of hell to Oscar Isaac for the you know the hokey kind of. Uh, uh, Cockney accent, mate. Uh, yeah. But the realization that that character was based off of like a kid's childhood, or a kid's programming thing that had like a hokey kind of Cockney accent. Right. Uh, and so it's like layers upon layers. Of layers upon layers. It's a thing we down. love to say. Layers yeah. upon layers, man. It's a, Absolutely. It's a delicious croissant. We're just waiting, oh. to be, waiting to be devoured. Very good. And as we all know, we love croissants very much here <laughs> on Comic Book Characters. <laughs> Um, you know, it's crazy because I think in almost any other show, people will be walking away from this going, wow, Ethan Hawke, man, just wasn't even going to be in the show. It's a trivia fact for y'all. Was not interested, didn't really care. Uh, Oscar Isaac actually knows him very well and was like kind of pitched it to him and he's the one that convinced him to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, wow, thank. I mean, again, Oscar Isaac just doing it all. Uh, apparently, he's a casting casting agent now as well. He got that EP credit, didn't he? He had some sort of producer credit. Oh, definitely, he definitely had a producer's credit. I mean, at least for just bringing in Ethan Hawke, but I think right. he also had way more <laughs> to do with it. Um, Ethan Hawke really did incredibly well. Um, I think you you kind of did a, like a cult leader reference uh, when we last spoke about this. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely seems to be the influence. But he he did it. His his ability to act as that character with such strong conviction, mm-hmm. like that quiet, unnerving confidence, was really great. And then May Kalamaway. Uh, also, people, I mean, like it's crazy because as good as Oscar Isaac is, and as much as I think like he's absolutely the reason to watch this show. I see so many memes for May already. Mm. Like, she's the social media star coming out of this, <laughs> I think. And maybe because she's new, right? Not as well-known. Uh-huh. Um, or newer, I guess, I should say. But, um, you know, it's kind of funny. There's not a, a ton of actual Moon Knight in the show. Mm. Like, he's he's in there. I mean, we see both versions of the Mr. Knight, the suit version and then kind of like the traditional Moon Knight mm-hmm. and I really love how they because in the comics you know he dons kind of both attires but it's it's one identity that does that in the comic it's not the way they do it in the show but I like that the way they did it in the show and again this proves yet again you don't have to be beholden to the source material on every single thing it's okay yeah. It's okay to reinterpret and to just make something entertaining and, and enjoyable on its own merit. Uh, to be inspired by its source material, but doesn't necessarily have to follow it page by page. Um, so let me ask you this, Chris. Yeah. 
there's no hint. There's so apparently like behind the scenes, there's no nothing in the in the works for a season two. Uh, this ha- this has been a very a big success again for Marvel and Disney. Mm-hmm. Would you rather? Because it's it's so obvious that Oscar Isaac could do this as a feature film. Mm-hmm. Like that is not a hard leap to make. Um, would you want to see kind of maybe a bigger budget movie feature length type thing, or would you like to see a straight up season two, maybe six or eight episodes? Um, for a season two, I will say that like watching the sixth episode, I was for whatever reason under the impression that it was eight episodes. Uh-huh. So when I realized, oh, this is it, I was like, ah, oh. I was like kind of bummed out. I was like, oh, there's <laughs> no more, no more. Okay, I guess I'll just watch it again. Like, <laughs> picking the bottom. So what do you and no more? Yeah. Um. Hmm. Man, that's interesting. I kind of. For whatever reason, I kind of in my head already had it like, oh, awesome! I'm just season two coming in a couple years should be awesome. So I, I guess I already had it kind of like lodged in my brain that it's going to be just another season on Disney Plus. But yeah, I mean they they the foresight is Feige's thing. He, he he'd have it already loaded up. I mean he knows what the product they have, and they he would like, hey, don't don't worry, we'll return to season two. Uh, they did that for Loki, right? So yeah, yeah I. I, I Jump to the big screen for Moon Knight, and like in what context though? Like that—that's—that's that's a little bit of a harder sell. I—I I, I really like how this feels, kind of like um, it's taking its time to let the character establish the universe that he needs to be in. Uh, it's not really beholden. You have, you don't have to tie in four different properties like the Absolutely. movies do. Absolutely, right. So I—I'd I, run. I, I think I prefer a series. I think also what I'll say about it is I would prefer a series continuation like a season two because when you're dealing with the mental and emotional complexities of these characters mm-hmm. of Moon Knight, of Mark Spector um, I, I just don't know if you can get it across as well in a movie Yeah. Um, that being said I still think, you know, even though you know, streaming, all these new streaming services, these exclusive movies Netflix, you know, paying millions of dollars um, to get the screening rights for films and stuff, you know what was that movie on Apple TV that won like the Academy Award? Oh, Coda, the, Coda, right? So we're obviously in an age where, look, a thing doesn't have to be a traditional movie anymore to be considered great or or high art in in the realm of like film and television. But I kind of think for like most people seeing a character in a movie gives it more prestige gives it more Mm. permanence right in a way that just having a uh, even though it's an amazing Disney Plus series just having a Disney Plus series does not Um, so here's what I what I would propose Kevin I know that you're listening we know that you're listening Um, let's do a season two Disney Plus and either in between that or after that, let's throw Moon Knight into another Marvel movie property. So you know it doesn't not not necessarily a Moon Knight movie, but maybe an Avengers or maybe a Young Avengers or maybe uh, you know whatever uh, maybe a Namor. I don't know what whatever maybe a you know 
an, an X-Men related thing. I don't know. Oh, him beat up on mutants. I would love, uh, and that's how see... he and Deadpool meet. Deadpool gets see, I, again, I was about to say, I would love to see a him and Deadpool, or I would love to see a Moon Knight and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And that's not just because I'm a Spider-Man fan, but I just think like this version of Peter Parker with Tom Holland trying to figure out what the hell this version of Moon Knight is would be pretty hilarious and amazing. Um, so that's what I would propose. I would say let him kind of like do like a Nick Fury, like a Hulk thing where he just he comes in. Mm-hmm. He comes into someone else's film. It is there. And so now the movie going public, you know, they're like, oh, OK, OK, Moon Knight. All right. Who's this guy? OK, I got to go back and watch that. show. OK, OK. You know. Yeah. Um, you definitely did you have more, more more eyeballs for a movie screen. It seems sure. like still still these days. It's it's hard to tell, right? Because we're it almost seems like we're maybe in a transitional period yeah. with that kind of stuff. But I do think I think movies still matter. Um, what did you have a favorite moment in the show? Oh, uh, uh, man. Oh, maybe like is it a the end of episode five where uh, he like a uh, Mark? I, this, yeah, I think it's Mark. He kind of is in the field of reeds, and mm-hmm. uh, that Masaya del Sol starts playing. Yeah. That uh, so yeah, I was like, whoa, that kind of like, it, it's just the because it that I don't know if it spoke more to like the the third personality trapped in Mark or like just Oscar Isaac's kind of like, oh, let's put this this song in this 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 song would hit like a perfect tone for this uh for this scene right here for this moment. Um, I don't know which part of it it is, but whatever it was, it was great. I really like that. It was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, and again, we talked about Oscar Isaac having a producer credit. I'm, I very much feel like that he did influence that scene. Yeah, maybe not, but I kind of think he did. <laughs> um, I just loved all the Mark and Steven stuff. Yeah, like literally every second of it. I, I, I wanted more all of the time, um, especially once uh, he goes to the mental facility. The, the um, you know where Harrow is a doctor, right? And um, and he's able to converse with Stephen directly. Mark and Stephen are able to converse with one another, and you know, hug one another and see one another. All of that was just so good. And there were so many moments to me in that episode and the episode, couple episodes following, yeah. where the like part where he's like saving himself from trying to view the trauma. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, it felt like two completely different actors. Like it yeah. felt like th- this. This is just a couple of twin actors, and they're acting with each other. But they're twins. They're not the same person. They're just two totally different people doing these things. And it's it's not. It's just him. It's it is. It's like crazy. And then you look at something like X Men Apocalypse, and you're like, what the fuck? Like what did? <laughs> how did they mess this up so bad? It retroactively makes me hate that movie even more. Um, because clearly it's not an Oscar Isaac issue there. Right. Like, not even kind of a little bit. Uh, Jessica so yeah, Chastain's that movie, too. Yeah, that, it's... It's not. It's none of the actors. Wait, is Jessica, no, Jessica Chastain is in the um, Dark oh, Phoenix she, one. See, it, it melded together so much in my no, mind. No, it's absolutely fine. 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> it do, none of it matters. It's all it's all a mess. It's all a garbage mess. Hopefully, we'll rectify that, and we'll talk about Doctor Strange and how that might play into it. Uh, but ultimately, of course, I definitely recommend Moon Knight. Chris, how do you feel? Eh. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is great. This is a great movie. Uh, a great movie. Great uh, miniseries. It, I mean, it's a right length to binge on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I mean, I mean everybody, everybody gets a chance to like play double duty. Even um, uh, May, what's her name? Uh, Kelamari. Yeah. She even she shows up in the asylum, and like yeah. uh, has a, has a different personality going on. So. Uh, it has a hippo god that speaks to you. Oh, so good. Hippo god, like Dark Horse MVP. <laughs> like, <laughs> when she turns the boat back around and she was like, Oh, Cyrus, you old softy, you opened the gate after all. Yeah. I Okay, here's the weird thing. So I've been listening to, um, uh, I think it's called Welcome to the Show. It's a new girl uh, rewatch podcast with Zoe Deschanel. Lamorne Morris and Hannah Simone, which are you know three of the principal actors on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like Hippo God had a lot of Zoe Deschanel, Jessica Day energy. <laughs> I immediately uh, dislike her now, <laughs> uh, so, and that's I maybe shouldn't have said that because I feel like half the listeners like, yeah, we hate that, we hate that woman. <laughs> that's, we're not watching it now. The Hippo doesn't come until later, so just please watch the show. Uh, the other thing I really loved about it is that. Um, we're finally figuring out how to talk about mental illness being Hmm. mentally unwell in a uh, narrative way narrative way where it doesn't um, it it both doesn't vilify or victimize the character that is dealing with those issues Um, they they talk about the sword like in uh, Iron Man 3 right yeah Iron Man 3 I think WandaVision on some level you could say as well Mm mm-hmm um, but what is really great, I mean, and the show is pretty harrowing in some parts with Moon Knight, uh, for sure. You know, we look at the what causes the trauma, but but it's never it's never Mark's fault or Steven's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, they never present it that way, and I think that's really important. And I think it, it's it really. To me, it's very important. I'm really heartened by the idea that a big property like Marvel Studios can put out a show that they know a lot of people are going to watch, and they're going to they're going to treat these kinds of subject matters with the respect that they deserve to be treated with. Mm-hmm. And it's just I'm happy to see that. I'm a, as a big proponent of like therapy and and, and you know self care and, and trying to be mentally healthy as well. Um, really great to see that. And it's it's in the show in spades. So, uh, yeah, just I don't know. Am I just fan boying, fangirling too much over Oscar <laughs> Isaac? I'm just so into it. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm not. I'm like the most unbiased, like most biased person when it comes to this one. I think like it's like you're about to just be- dust, uh, bust out a dance routine with him on the floor. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say dab him. Oh no! That did happen. You're a robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I well, guess spoilers for Ex Machina. Dude, come on, people! I hopefully people have seen that movie. Disappointed. If you haven't, please check it out. It's very good. Again, you wouldn't know that this was the same actor. I don't think. I don't At think all. You would yeah. immediately <laughs> know that. 
Uh, you might be you might be surprised. It's really good though. Go see Ex Machina. All right, man. With that, let's go ahead and move on to the big enchilada, the main course. What everybody's been wanting. We've been uh, tiptoeing around it up to this point. Before we get into it, I do want to say, everybody, we will spoil this movie. So if you have not seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, you can pause it, the podcast now, go check out the movie, then come back because we are going to spoil some stuff. We don't do non-spoiler reviews. Uh, let's talk about the movie in kind of broad strokes before we get into our segments. Mm-hmm. Would you? How did you? How did you feel before the movie? How did you feel after the movie? And what would you say are your? If you had to to describe like a central emotion or feeling or a thought, what would those be? What would those two things be? Huh. Uh. Uh, anxiety, nervousness, because we barely got to the theater on time for this one. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Is that a, is that a Dan boy? Is it, is he, did he have a rolling start? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we made it, we made it like right as the pre-roll for the draft house was ending. Uh, okay. so yeah, ah, we were, yeah, we were perfectly on time for that. Um, uh, man, uh, and then uh, as I was waiting for it, I was like, um. I don't know. I was like trepidation, I guess, a little bit, just because I like the character a lot. I like Doctor Strange and like the weirdness he brings to the MCU, because uh, I know you're you're hashtag Wong Strong, so of course Wong Strong. I mean, yeah, my boy Wong shares the screen so much with Doctor Strange at all times. It's, it's great. So I love the property in general. I, I just hope that you know I, I was really hoping for like a solid showing uh, to get like um, you know because I think everybody saw Doctor Strange when it came out like a. Uh, and it, it was like formulaic and it's an origin story and everybody liked it because it's Marvel but I'm like hey it's there's more to this there's this, this a weird kind of angle he brings to everything here so I was hoping that was going to go over well it went over in spades I think and then leaving the theater I was just like fuck man I want to watch so many Raimi movies right now uh, <laughs> this movie <laughs> right that is you nailed it this movie is such a Raimi movie like it is is such a uh, uh, man. Well, my brain is blanking a little. It's Sam Raimi, right? That's his name, Sam Raimi. Jeez, yeah, that's his name. Uh, my brain was just like, no, that's not his name. But no, that is his name. Yeah, uh, it is such a Raimi film through like the, and through. The screams, the angles he chooses for some of the face up closes, and yep, the special effects. Yeah, like oh god, the like, fucking it's demons, just, dude. The uh, souls of the, the horror aspects of the film. Okay, so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna chime in here with a little bit of what I thought. Yeah. yeah. As well, I'm sorry, but you say okay. So when you left the film, what was your main emotion? Uh, just, uh, like I just heard a power chord on a metal guitar. Nice. That's yeah. a good one. That's a good, good description. Okay. Before we, before I get into my my little take. All right. We we almost forgot to play my favorite game. What is the gross? For Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. So it obviously debuted at number one. Right. Where do you think it is? Domestic? Right now. It's it's in release of... Right, yeah. So right now they just have... um, The Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday totals. Okay. Uh, We're going domestic. uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
And we could do we could do domestic or we can do worldwide. Whatever you oh. whatever you want to wrap your brain around. Oh. Uh we could do worldwide, I'll just add a couple. Uh let's do worldwide. Let's shoot for one thirty five mil. One thirty five worldwide. How about four hundred and eleven million dollars? Hey yo Almost half a billy in the opening weekend. Crazy. Crazy. 187 domestic, 224 worldwide. Uh, I was even in love with domestic. Okay, wow. Yeah, I, I don't have a good concept of the big money anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Inflation. We're all feeling it. Yeah. Just, just inflate everything. Um, yeah. Uh, so some people are questioning, will it make a billion dollars? Okay, so that's that's fine. And I don't know that it will. It, I think it probably will. That's such a weird this movie. Right now. Like we're this all movie is so different from a lot of the other Marvel stuff yeah. that I could see it being divisive and like, you know, maybe the second week drop off might be a little bit more than normal. That being said, the fact that we're even talking about it possibly hitting a billion for a like C D list character no offense no shots at strange okay but like he's not spider-man he's not you know superman batman he's not that tier of a character when it comes to comic books which is totally fine but the fact that we're even having like a comment when i say we i mean just looking at the general public having conversation about like will this hit a billion like okay guys like (laughs) do we understand what success is i feel like Right. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people are getting a little ahead of themselves, kind of, kind of seeing the forest from the trees, sort of thing. Uh, that's amazing. Okay, four hundred eleven million in the opening weekend is fucking amazing. So, that being said, my two emotions were one. My my emotion going in was trepidation, mm-hmm. because as much as Kevin has proven that he knows what he's doing, and you know. For better or worse, I feel like we have a little bit of a predilection to want to enjoy these films, especially the Marvel films and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was like, okay, this there's a there's a good chance this movie's gonna be trying to do way too much and it's not gonna it's gonna be real messy and it's just not gonna work out. And that's okay. But I was very nervous about it that way. And then my feeling going out of the film was of shock honestly <laughs> because they didn't do any of the things I thought they were going to do with huh. this film like almost none of them even look and hey I called it right We when we looked at the trailer and for listeners you true believers out there go back we did a review on the trailer and I was like that's Professor X yeah, yeah, yeah. We heard no voice. There was almost nothing going. I was like, that's Professor X. <laughs> I called my shot. The silhouette moved in the frame to wheelchair I was like, that's it. I know a good wheelchair move when I see one. <laughs> and little did I know we were going to get the goofy yellow chair. Oh, I know, and the music cue. Oh, so go. Oh. They're they're just paying off fan service in spades. It's basically an anime at this point. Um, where's the beach episode? So wow. But like everything they did with Professor X with the Illuminati, 
none of it is what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to, like, try to pull from all previous existing Marvel properties outside of Disney. So I'm talking about Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi Mm Spider-Man. I'm talking X-Men, Fox X-Men. You're talking maybe Lou Ferrigno Hulk. Like, just any of that shit. Like, any of it from the history of television and film. They didn't do that. Right. They they pulled in... Yeah. Right. Because I think if they had done that, it would have been too big and too messy. And also a lot like No Way Home. And they just did something completely different. They said, no, we're just going to go to, like, a few other universes. I mean, plus, when they start... When America and Doctor Strange start getting pulled through all the universes at the same time kind of thing... Oof, man, that is a masterclass <laughs> of filmmaking right there. That's not what I'm talking about. But they mostly settle in like in one or two or three different universes, right? That's the majority of the film. Yeah. There's the Illuminati, what I'm calling the Illuminati universe. Where the, the Illuminati in the comics is like this thing that deals with multiversal issues. And it's this really big thing. But here, they were almost like the Avengers. They were just called the Illuminati. But mm. they were essentially a team of superheroes like the Avengers. I wasn't expecting that. That blew me. That just completely threw me for a loop. And yes, we got Professor X, but well, they didn't really mention mutants. And this definitely wasn't the Professor X from the X-Men Fox movies. Right. It was a Professor X. We got Black Bolt from the stupid fucking Inhumans TV show. <laughs> but it's not that one because he actually has the suit. Right, it was a looks fork. And looks way cooler, even though everyone thought he would look dumber. He looks cooler. I won't, I will die on that hill. He looks cooler. <laughs> um, and we'll get into more of that when we do uh, one of our segments. But, like, they just they just did all these things that I, I, one, never even thought that they could do narratively. I never thought they were going to do it. And, and they just, they just went, I thought they were going right and they completely went left. Yeah. And they still created a really good story, uh, cohesive narrative, which would be pretty difficult, I feel, with the subject matter of what they're dealing with. Um, you know, not to say that the film is perfect, and I, I, I've heard detractors from the film and their complaints, and we're going to get into that when we get into the Bizarro and stuff. But let's go ahead and jump into our segments. Uh, we'll go ahead and start off with Excelsior. Excelsior! All right, uh, True Believers, if you're new to the pod or haven't heard a movie review episode before, uh, Excelsior is where we focus on things that were really enjoyed in the film. Uh, It can be certain actors, the script, the pacing, the narrative, the director, special effects, whatever. Whatever just made us really enjoy the film. Chris, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, Man, I guess... Though I only like peruse a couple of like reviews, uh, knee-jerk reviews of Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness, and like one of them made me very sad because like I was like one thing I was geeking out so hard over uh, in this movie was when uh, Doctor Strange and like a collapsed world Doctor Strange, the one with the third eye originally, uh, yeah. when they were fighting and they're having like a sorcerer's duel and like a six one six Strange like like gets the sheet music, he sees it. He just starts throwing the notes 
Yeah. He just magics those notes and throws it over at him. And then, like, fucking other Doctor Strange goes, da 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 As a former band guy, like, goddamn. Just the, the, the ability to have enough space to breathe to do something kind of, like, wacky like that. And, like, these guys would definitely do that. They would definitely fight with, like, sheep music coming to life and you know, trying to hit each other with it. Oh, yeah. That's, a, like, a right-out-of-the-comics kind of thing. My God, and- it was perfect. I, I love... Here's the thing. I don't think a different... Because I know we had... Uh, I think his name is Scott Derrickson. Uh, I might be getting that wrong. Um, but he, he was... I think the, the guy who originally did some of the Insidious films. Mm-hmm. Um, he was originally going to direct this film. And he stepped away. But he actually encouraged Sam Raimi to, to be his replacement. And I think if we had gotten anyone else other than Sam Raimi, I don't think that scene happens. Yeah, No. Uh, you also have Danny Elfman doing the score mm-hmm. because, of course, him and Sam Raimi are best buds. Um, so, yeah, I you know it's funny. Every person I've talked to that was in band or in orchestra in like high school, they all love that scene. Hell yeah! Like, and that's great. It's 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 neat to be able to put something in a film that immediately connects to so many people who they probably don't always feel a connection to films in that way. Uh, so very cool. And I think they did a great job with that. Um, for me, um, something that was super Excelsior was definitely the visual effects. Um, so initially in the first act when we, it's not Summer Gorath because of like, I don't know, some legal reasons they can't be Sumagurath. Oh, it's, it's a different... It's not actually Sumagurath. It's a different creature named... I can't recall the name, but I think it starts with a G. It's like a giant or something like that. Gumagorath? Uh, yeah, it's Gumagorath. Uh, no, I, we'll call him Gumagorath because I don't know what his name is and I'm not going to look it up right now. But So he's fighting the giant like squid, octopus, monster thing. And that felt so like... Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man movie, yeah. like, like super intentionally done that way. Yeah. And once you get through uh, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, do you think that that's how the movie started, <laughs> and then where you end up and how you get to where you end up? It's pretty wild because it's this very like almost campy, like speaks oh, sure. to a different a different time of film. It's a, it's, a, it's a wedding scene that he jumps out from. It's a wedding scene. He literally jumps over the balcony. And then you go from that to, like, everything else that happens <laughs> later. And it's just like, whoa. That was a choice. They definitely did that on purpose. And I thought it was a chef's kiss. I thought it was so smart to do it that way. I think you can't appreciate it in real time as mm-hmm. much as you should i think it's a thing when you look back on it and go oh that's really that's really good that's really fun yeah that they did it that way and then again I, I spoke about it just a second ago but the uh the part where america and dr strange are getting pulled through the multiple multiverses or universes kind of just like all in succession like super quickly mm-hmm. Man, I will. I mean, I obviously I, the the 4K Blu-ray does not exist yet, but <laughs> I'm gonna be watching that thing a hundred times, like just that scene because it so much happens. I, you know, I I'm sure they hid stuff in there. Oh right. 
that we just i mean there's no way that i could have i could have caught anything really <laughs> i try i tried to look but i was just like I don't know. I'm just gonna enjoy this. What does he say? Were we paint for? <laughs> Were we paint for a minute there? Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you don't want to get stuck there. You don't want to get stuck there. You don't. I'd rather eat pizza balls than get stuck in the paint universe. Uh, God. Oh, and then the the callback to the Evil Dead. Yeah. Oh uh, fuck yeah, with dude. Bruce Campbell in the hand and just ah, uh, <laughs> it's just. It's just so rewarding for movie fans, you know, for like, you know, just all we're doing is watching these movies, trying to have a good time. But it's nice when they can do these little nods to things that just add a little bit more enjoyment uh, for the film. Okay, I feel like we could talk for quite a while about all this, but I know we have a lot of those segments to go. So let's go ahead and go into our next segment, uh, Bizarro. Look, it am our most famous superhero. Yes, it be Bizarro number one. Oh, Bizarro. Does that sound like Stephen Colbert to you? Have I already told you this? Yeah, I I think maybe you did. I I can't remember for sure. (laughs) I will probably say it a hundred more times, so I still think it sounds like Stephen Colbert. Uh, Please have Stephen Colbert voice Bizarro at some point. I would love that. Thank you, please. Um, Okay, I'll go first this time. Yeah. Uh, Bizarro for the listeners again. flat, right? fell flat just didn't work even maybe good intentioned or whatever maybe a miscasting poor dialogue you know a scene that just didn't work out um things that we just wish had been done differently or better um we know how hard movies are to make but you know it happens it's okay uh for me um it's it's sort of narratively what they decided to do to have everything that happened with Wanda in WandaVision. Oh, yeah. I'm a little bit of two minds on this, because a lot of people post-WandaVision were like, wait, so she got to do all that shit, and she just left, and nobody, like, went after her? Like, <laughs> and my whole thought, I mean, I agreed. I was like, yeah, that's that's probably not cool. She doesn't really have a lot of consequences. I mean, she has, like, her own internal, at the time, I thought, consequences. But at the same time, it's like, well, but she's the Scarlet Witch. Like, who is even going to take her down? Like, she's really powerful. So what do you what do you want them to do kind of thing? That was kind of my thought. That's where I fell on it after WandaVision. But they really doubled down in this movie by making Wanda the villain and to use her grieving about her non-existent children to use I I think it's interesting I don't I mean I can't imagine that this is on accident the movie came out over Mother's Day weekend multiverse of madness is literally an acronym for mom <laughs> like is that on accident I don't know did it, did it have the to get s- pushed back for COVID scheduling reasons? I think it did I think it did so maybe maybe it is happenstance but I I don't know. Is that really the best they could do? Maybe maybe Elizabeth Olsen's contract is up. I <laughs> saw kind of things on the internet saying, you know, she doesn't have another deal. Or if she does, it's a secret deal and nobody knows about it. So maybe they had to write that character off for a while. Okay. And maybe making her the villain was the way to go about it. Okay. But just like a mother's grief 
but well, like she kind of wasn't a mother, but she was. It's just, you know, and I hate to do that. I hate to be the person that just doesn't have a better idea. But I just wish they had done something differently. I don't know what that different thing could have been. Maybe you have an idea. Um, but what 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 was bizarre for you? Man, I, I I understand how you feel because like, as soon as Scarlet Witch kind of came on the, the screen and like it turned out to be like a hex, that like the big orchard she was in, mm-hmm. uh, it was like oh oh shit she's just gonna be the villain of the story, <laughs> and, and yeah. I, it, you're right. It was a weird kind of place WandaVision left us it, because you know, we empathize with her so much and, like, she was going through, like, an immense grieving process in a pretty not healthy way. <laughs> and and it was, uh, yeah, like, we, we want her to be better, but at the same time, there should be some comeuppance. Um, and, I, yeah, it, it, was, it was kind of funny, like, uh, I the end of this one where it's like uh, the Doctor Who kind of uh, victory where he you know usually the Doctor doesn't really kill anybody but he finally makes the other side see maybe the error of their ways for themselves right he kind of helps them get to that point and that's kind of what happened to this one you know you have to let her no, no don't don't take her out of this universe yet you, you have to let her get see more you have to let her get scarred more <laughs> I guess or maybe you have to let her finally listen to herself and I think uh, I think it resolved at the, the best way it probably could for what this movie gave us. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to see more Wanda in the future. I don't think, like, the, the mountain falling down on herself, like, that, I guess that might be my bizarro, uh, like, takeaway. Like, so it, it crumbles down on herself, and then at the same time, like, she's still eradicating the Darkhold from all other universes. Like, I, I guess, no body, no death. We're too well-versed as a comic book movie viewing audience to know that she's probably not dead uh but like you said might be on the bench for a while uh, yeah until contracts get renegotiated right i mean there's a real world kind of system in play here that affects the story and and that's just part of it right that's mm-hmm. look i'm not gonna shit on what marvel studios is doing what they're doing is unprecedented and it's amazing at how much success and how often they get things right so like if this is just um you know the price of business okay okay uh i just feel like i don't know i people that that had problems with this film um one of their main problems is they felt like it it actually retroactively harms the one division story a little bit Hmm. and and maybe i mean i can see that i don't know that i would go that far but uh one less i don't know about arms uh, one last real quick extra bizarro thing for yeah. me is because you brought up the mo- the mountain where she like collapses everything on that statue of the Scarlet Witch. I don't know if okay go because I know we're all going to see this movie again. Uh, when we get to that scene where she first finds the the giant statue, uh, check out the toes on that statue. They're crazy long. What? It's it's jarring. It bothered me. I saw it. I noticed it immediately. And then that's all I could see every time it was in the background. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You, mm-hmm. you, you telling me you don't like toes? Look, we're not gonna we're not gonna get into the. She's toe gotta job. have toes. No, she has toes, but the toes are like, even for how big the statue is, the toes are not proportionate to the rest of the statue. Her toes are like oh fingers. God. 
Yep. Keep it coming. No, 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 no. I don't want to pull in that audience. It's okay. They don't have to listen. It's fine. We're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. I feel feel like I shouldn't have brought it up to begin with. I'm already regretting it. (laughs) I'm already regretting it. Um, All right. Let's move on to the next segment, which is... Hey, everyone. Hey. 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 Hey, Peter. Uh, not in this movie, surprisingly. Oh, yeah. I was like, Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, here we come, baby. <laughs> nope. Just even like a, like a, if, as they're going through the universes, as if Toby's like, oh, hey. <laughs> right. He does the thing where, like, he turned around and the portal was gone, like that kind of voice, like yeah. that kind of, uh, yeah, nope, not in it at all. I was like, oh, okay, well, fuck <laughs> me, I guess. I thought for sure that was going to be a thing that was going to happen. Um, all right. Uh, golly, we're taking turns, so technically it's your turn. Go ahead. Take take the thing. Take the, I mean, take one of the two things. One of the two? One, you mean, can take one you, of the two. Which, sure? which one are you mm. going to name? Which one? I mean, you know me. You, you know I'm all about, like, the, the person who always brings, like, representation up to the front and all that. Uh, it, it's really important to have somebody that you connect with on screen. Uh, it, it's just for the sense of your own brain recognizing the world as normal. Uh, that being said, it has to be Frankenstein vampire fucking Doctor Strange corpse <laughs> with the animated with the souls of the damned as his wings. Oh my oh, god, that was so fucking. I medical. didn't think that's where you were going with it, but I appreciate that answer. That you have no idea how much that spoke to my soul. <laughs> Just like the tortured, like physicality of his, the shambling corpses moving through the world. Oh. Like, of necessity. Have you ever felt so seen? Right now. Oh my god, that's all I'm doing at work. And then, <laughs> like, <laughs> to have Wanda scared <laughs> for half a second. Yeah. You basically have an a, a extraterrestrial for all intents and purposes, an evading force in Wanda as Scarlet Witch. Like, actually being afraid <laughs> of all these grasping Sam Raimi souls of the damned. Such, such. Uh-huh. They should be called Sam Raimi Souls, because that's exactly what they are. Um, golly, man, this film, you know, I uh, a lot of people have asked me um, my opinion about this movie. And the one thing I keep telling everyone, I go, if you have a kid under 10, do not take him to this movie. <laughs> do not, do not. And I get so, dude, every fucking time, every fucking time, they go, what? No, it's not that bad, right? No, I could take him. He's seven. No, don't take the seven-year-old to the movie. They're gonna cry. They're gonna freak out. They're gonna have voices are too loud. They're gonna have nightmares. It's gonna be a bad time. Do not take oh, them. Just I, the, fucking, the metal rips that hit every time he's on screen. Yeah. Ah. Oh, ooh, I just got chills. Yeah. I literally got chills. Vampire uh, Frankenstein Strange is my favorite thing. It was amazing. I didn't think that's what you were going to say. When I said... <laughs> well, here's Okay. I mean, look, I thought you were going to say one of two other things, which we kind of already talked about. We talked about one of them. Professor X. Oh, yeah. Professor X is in this Charles? Charles? Charles. I'm going to hit you with Charles. Matter of fact, I'm going to hit you with Charles. <laughs> the Yellow Chair and Charles. <laughs> Charles in charge of the yellow chair. Um, I thought you were either going to go with that or, of course, the meme come to life. 
the the fan demand come to life. John Krasinski as Reed Richards. <laughs> the entire theater uproarious in applause. Yeah. When that scene happened, I mean, it was near uh, Cap getting Mil- Milner. Uh, no, yeah. It was right at that, right at Andrew Garfield and No Way Home. Like it was <laughs> right in that ballpark. Oh, for sure. Um, and I, you know what though, I want. I actually wasn't expecting it. Somehow, I was so in on the Charles thing. I was like, okay, Charles. Da 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 da. da. Did yeah. not think they were gonna actually drop a Fantastic Four Reed Richards and. John Krasinski looking perfect in the part, by the way. <laughs> like, I know we talked about other actors that could have played it. Shit, dude. I mean, that's it. That's it no, right yeah. there. They better... If they're if they're going to make a Fantastic Four movie, they better have him locked down for other things then, because yeah. it has to be him, right? It has to be him. Um, how do you do that, though? How, how, how do you do that now with six one six and like we know that that's what that re- riches looks at. Well, well, but just think about Loki, right? There's female Loki. There's Sylvie, mm-hmm. right? So there are other Lokis that aren't Tom Hiddleston. So in theory, there could be other Reed Richards that yeah. just aren't John Krasinski, right? Like that could be a thing. I hope not. I hope that that oddly enough they were like okay we're gonna tease this but yeah we're he's gonna be it like this is gonna be well yeah it. yeah at the same time in this movie we had other Doctor Stranges that were uh Benedict Cumberbatch yeah yeah no absolutely so it definitely it definitely leaves space for that to be the thing yeah. again a thousand percent you know John Krasinski is Reed Richards like yeah <laughs> what, okay what did, uh, what did uh, Strange say to Reed he like goes, after, oh, like, the you... theater was still going like crazy. Right. He he said, oh, because he goes, this. They go, this is Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four, and he goes, oh, weren't you guys big in the sixties? Oh, okay. <laughs> like like the Beatles, like the the, the, the yeah. Fab Five or uh, whatever it is, <laughs> Fab Four, uh, Fab Four. Sorry, not Fab Five. Um. So I think it's funny that one, I you picked something that I didn't think you were going to pick at all. Um. And yet, in this movie, we have a legitimate, completely brand new character in America Chavez. Yeah. Played by uh, Social Gomez. That's that's my best effort, guys. If, if that's not right, I'm sorry. I so tried. chill. So, so chill. chill. So that's why I said. So, so chill. She's so chill. So chill. She's so chill. She's not very chill in this movie. She's very no. stressed out. Freaking she's out. Very, she's freaking out the whole time. Uh, rightfully so. She she thought she killed her parents. So yeah, that's gonna be tough. That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think either one of us had her in contention for for hey everyone. Oh Jesus Christ! So hey everyone for new listeners. Uh, it's when it's, it's a new character, a new uh, situation, something we've never seen before. Uh, in this case, in the MCU, uh, that's brought to the forefront to our attention, and then we we decide what's the new thing that we really liked that's introduced in this film. Sorry. I didn't. Uh, I forgot to mention <laughs> what that was all about, but we didn't pick her. Neither one of us picked her. Well, She's for all my lead up, the kind of like red herring you to thinking I was going to do uh, America Gomez or America Chavez for. Uh, I mean, that, that would be. I my did. Pick. You did a good job of that. If, if it wasn't for like the metal as fuck version that we got of uh, Frank and Mummy Strange. Yeah. 
Oh, it's so good. I mean, that's so good. All I love the movie is at its best when it leans into all the same raminess of it. Yes. Like that's, um, you know, and I think it's funny because people complain that Marvel's too formulaic, even though they're fucking crushing it with their formula. Like every time, it's like a billion dollars. Like, okay, I mean, I guess, I guess, on some level, it's annoying, but like you're making a billion dollars. What do you expect them to do? Like, um. But they, but then they they do weird shit that like doesn't jive with what normally what their formula normally is, and then people complain about it. So it's like, yeah, like okay, well, yeah, man, I guess they're gonna do the formulaic shit that gets them a guaranteed billion because y'all are dumb. Um, I I think the film again is at its best when it's doing the same Remy stuff. I loved America Chavez as a character. I think my only problem is even though we saw like the memory thing with her mom's and again we always talk about representation right so representation is so important and i think uh, you know i'm really happy to see that they're finally even you know they're they're doing a thing it's more representation and they didn't beat us over the head with it right which i fucking loved that's what i want just tell a good story use use all types of people there are all types of people in this world all types of situations let's just see stories with those people okay we don't have to belabor anything we don't have to draw spotlight onto everything all the time i hate that shit um just this is me are, are, are you ranting about the a force thing in Endgame again? yes again back to that <laughs> again i don't have a problem with an a force film i think it could be really great but don't fucking don't do stupid like I don't know, pat yourself on the back stuff like that. Mm. Just just do a thing. Like, what is it? Like, be gracious and winning. Just do, just win and just shut up. Like, just just let it happen. Which is what they did in this film. So I love it. So happy. So, so happy um, that that character was there. I love the way they uh, presented her. Her whole family. Everything. Everything, everything was great. That being said, I thought her whole character arc and just her as a character was a little flat. She felt more like a MacGuffin than anything else to oh, me. She basically was, yeah. In the film. like she's, she's a, a, She was a key that could open up the universe. She's a key. She's a person, but she's a MacGuffin. And, yeah. and that's not what you want when you're introducing a new character, I think. That's not ideal. Yeah, fair enough. That's... So that's why I didn't pick her. I almost mentioned her in the Bizarro because I, I do I do really feel pretty strongly about that. <laughs> that being said, I thought the actress was fine. I almost mentioned her Bizarro too. Just not not no shots at the performance or the portrayal. Just that uh, I didn't. Re- uh, she's legitimately like the age of some of my students. Yeah. Well, and you know what? It kind of and I don't know if this was an acting choice or not. It's hard to tell because um, she's relatively, pardon me, relatively new and very young. But she looked inexperienced on the screen. Like, it felt like she was acting a lot of the time. Like, I could see her acting. Mm. And, yeah, also not what you really want when you're trying to immerse yourself into a film. So, it's okay. I'm sure she will get better. It wasn't like a god-awful performance or anything. Uh, I'm really happy that the character exists. So, I I really like that she's left up in uh, Camille Rouge. Or Kumar Taj, not Kumar Rouge. Fuck, God, no, horrible thing. Uh, Mulan Rouge. 
no, come here, Todd. Moulin Rouge either. No, Diamonds no. are a lady's best friend. Wow, okay. She's starting to be a sorcerer. Okay, yeah, yeah. Her and Ned, man. What are they going to do? They're going to do some, <laughs> get some shit? That'd be kind of interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing that, actually. Seeing them mess things up. First man. Students of Strange Academy? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I've been thinking Young Avengers this whole time, but man, yeah, they could totally do Strange Academy. Which, by the way, Marvel, you want to print a billion dollars? Yeah, do Harry Potter, but with superhero stuff. Good job. That's all you have to do. You did it. Go get we your, billion, your billion dollars. We helped. Give us, yep. literally give us point zero 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 one percent please. Like percent. And uh, thank you. Please and thank you. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next segment, uh, which is what if. Uh, okay, mine's real simple. What if? What if, Freddie? Uh, what was that? What is what if? What? If, oh, thank you, thank you. What if is where we think about and discuss where the franchise might be going after this, or what we wish they would have done, or could have done, or should they have done something differently? And we kind of talk about it in that sphere. Uh, very quickly, I just want to mention. Holy shit! This was almost my Excelsior as well. The whole Scarlet Witch versus the Illuminati scene. Mm, can watch that a million times over and the reason is and I saved it for this is because it reminds me of the classic what if comic books where you see alternate Mm -hmm. versions of characters you love and then you see them get killed in really (laughs) horrific ways that is something they do in the comics all of the time and that's exactly what this felt like and I loved it oh my god it was just like Oh, I've wanted this for so long and I had no idea. Like, <laughs> the fucking brutality of how she rips through that team. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we we, we kind of got some of those characters. Like, uh, at least uh, Captain Carter in the What If series. Oh, also confirms not to be that exact same Captain Carter. Oh. It is a Captain Carter, but not the one from... Oh, shit. Alright. Oh, because she had a jetpack on? Uh, I don't know. I think they just put the jetpack for fun. I like the jetpack, jetpack, yeah. but uh, but no, it's not the same. It's not literally the same. Uh, oh well, shit. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, yeah, we became aware of Captain Carter through yeah. through their animated series. Uh, again, pulling in Black Bolt from the stupid Inhuman <laughs> show. Please don't watch it. It's terrible. Oh. Don't watch oh. it. You don't have to watch right. it. So to tag up on your Excelsior, uh, your uh, what if. Who had the best death out of all of them? Oh, uh, Black Bolt. Black Bolt, a thousand percent. Yeah. What now? Oh, just screaming his own head off. Fucking okay. hell. So also, Reed Richards, you're supposed to be the smartest man in the fucking universe that you're in there. Mr. Just rush her down? Uh, okay, first of all, dude, what are you doing? Uh, don't tell her that you're going to eliminate her with Black Bolt talking. Okay, don't reveal your fucking weapon, your secret weapon there. Uh, what are you doing, man? Like, not very smart, not very bright. Uh, you got spaghetti noodled for it, you dummy. Uh, holy shit, dude. By the way, this is definitely my nominee, my number one nominee, hands down, for most chilling line of dialogue in any Marvel film. Mm. Do you have... Um, a wife 
Or do you oh. have a partner? And he's like, yeah. Well, good. Then your children will not be left orphaned or alone or whatever she says. Uh-huh. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> that is I'm going to shit my pants territory. Like, that's <laughs> you. That's not what you want to hear. <laughs> you want to play around with somebody who just said that to you? No. Jesus. No, Blank Bolt should have just said something right then and there. Like, what? Them's them's literally fighting words. Yeah. So, yeah. God, that scene was so good. That should have been my Excelsior also. It's retroactively also my part of my Excelsior package. <laughs> it's, God, that scene is so good. I cannot wait to watch that over and over and over and over and over. Um, any other what? I mean, I know you kind of piggybacked off me. Anything else with the what if? Uh, uh, man. Uh, what if fucking Frankenstein... Dracula Strange sticks around. That'd be cool. I know he can't. <laughs> but I, 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 what if uh, that collapsed universe Doctor Strange switched himself with 616 Strange? I don't know. Yeah. I, just like, there's, uh, there's, there are possibilities. Yeah. What if what if uh, Charlie's Theron is Clea wasn't like the dumbest way to do that tag? Because it made no sense. It was oh nothing. yeah. It was an. It literally, dude. Do you know what it was? I just realized. I literally just realized it right now. Do you know what that fucking tag was? No. That tag was the end of Super Mario Brothers with John Leguizamo. <laughs> At the end, after the credits, Daisy shows up, and she's like, "We got problems. We got to go solve." And then they all <laughs> run through a portal. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's the same fucking thing as Doctor Strange. This is literally the same thing. That's not the movie you want to copy. Don't copy Super Mario Brothers. Don't copy Super Mario Brothers. That's the wrong move. Yeah. It's out there. Uh, oh, no, no, that's my what if. Um, it's, it, this movie, I think, excelled because it leaned into what Sam Raimi does really, really well, which is horror. Um, yeah. I'm still trying to fix Eternals in my head. Like uh-huh. how how could that have been any sort of better? Uh, if if the I'll, director the, the real easy answer is it should have been a show. Yeah 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 for sure because the director is really good at character moments, really good at you know you know telling personal stories. To lean into that, the, the formula is so good at this point that the name recognition has so much clout with the public. Just let the directors kind of tell their own stories. Let let it be more personal for the for the directors making these things because I think it only benefits when that happens. Right, absolutely. Okay, with that, I mean, I do completely agree with you. Uh, but with that, do you want to jump into our last and newest segment? Oh, for sure. Is, is it time? To it is time. Pay up? It is time for the actor audit. Yeah! What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Jerry the King, baby. Um,. Okay, so this is a newer segment that we're doing this year. And I think it's, a, I really do think it's a keeper, though. We've got a lot of positive feedback on it already. Uh, actor audit is where we take uh, somebody in the film, we look at the actor that plays a particular character, and then we come up with alternate castings. We audit that actor out of there and we insert someone else. Now, when we did this for uh, the Batman and uh, Morbius. You mean when this, just, pack, when this podcast almost stopped being a thing? Yeah. God, that was, I went back and listened to that multiple times, by the way. Just FYI. It, it cracks me up to no end. I've literally sent just a clip of that part to so many people. 
because it's it's hilarious. God, 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 dude. Robert Pattinson as Morbius. Jared Leto as Batman. Fucking oh, so good, so good. I didn't do that this time. You sure? Didn't do that. I didn't do that this time. Uh, but this time we're not just focusing on one central character. We're actually picking three different characters, and I'll let you all know those three characters are Reed Richards, Professor X, and Black Bolt. Uh, Chris, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You tell me who talks first. You talk first. I talk first. How's this work? <laughs> uh, I'll talk first. Okay. Uh, all right. So Reed Richards, uh, as presented, suave, kind of like in in control, uh, mm-hmm. has a plan. Uh, Shitty, better... terrible plan, but a plan. Yes, calculated plan. <laughs> has a plan that he will readily tell you. Uh, I I went like, like I guess maybe sort of a little antithesis, kind of like hunched over, maybe a little bit of kind of like a wiry, a little bit kind of like a shifty eyeballs. Steve Buscemi. As oh. Okay, maybe maybe that version of Reed Richards does not have uh, Susan Richards. <laughs> divorced, very very divorced, divorced. Big very divorced. Energy coming for Steve Buscemi. Very uh, uh, visitation rights only. Uh, uh, must be monitored. <laughs> like kind of situation. You get a save on the wardrobe and makeup because he's already got the white hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know. I just something about his face and like I just wanted to see him like he's he's already like I mean, no no shots to Steve Buscemi yet, but I guess shots. Uh, is already kind of like a jarring presence, but absolutely like well, and and just think what Sam Raimi could do with that. Yes. See, I'm thinking. You know, we always see Reed Richards stretching his arms or legs or whatever. What if what if if Steve Buscemi? What if we just stretch some eyes? (laughs) Just let's see how far they can go, baby. I was taking a sip. I thought I'd earn it. (laughs) Just to see him text Avery out like ahuga. Yeah. 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 All right, my Reed Richards is uh, yeah, again. I'm, look, I wasn't going for a bit. This is a real answer. Is that you got? No, it's a real fuck. No, it's a real answer. All right, John Hamm. Hey, yo, Madman from right. Madman. Mad I just think he has the commanding presence of a leader, of somebody that could be in charge, somebody that you would think knows what they're talking about. I just John Hamm. I don't even know how much more I need to say. I just think it fits. I think it. Yeah. Age appropriate, like definitely, definitely gonna admit that kind of like a '50s era super science type of thing. Yep, 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 yep. Got that. So like it? Not bad. All right, all right. So I'll go first on the next one. I do fear the Greeks, even when they bear gifts. But all right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) You're gonna get. You're gonna. You might get mad. I don't know. Next next one's Charles Xavier, Professor X. Charles Xavier, Professor X. Okay, this is the thing. We can't change the yellow chair. That is. In right. stone. That's definitely okay. going to be there. Um, James McAvoy. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Oh, man. I almost said it without laughing. So close. James McAvoy, who, of course, played young Professor X in the Fox X Men films. Uh, yeah, it's just even more of a nod. To those films. That's all. Also, I think James McAvoy is a good actor, uh, and I'm a little bit trolling you as well. So it's yeah. a win-win-win-win-win. Oh, win, win. It's like a five-win package uh, right there. It's a okay. Yeah. No, I should have seen that coming. That's on me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So my pick, <laughs> for Professor X. 
Uh, I, I gotta stick with the uh, the campiness. Gotta stick with uh, maybe um, a bald cap for this next upcomer. Uh, I'm sticking with the UK. I'm choosing old Greg himself, Noel Fielding. Okay. Uh, just because I think playing up the camp levels, just uh, some eccentric mannerisms, he's got him. Yeah. Do you think that presence? Um, I mean, I guess it would be jarring. It's a film that's already full of a lot of jarring yeah. things. So I, yeah, I just okay. seem kind of giggling at like the crazy dialogue. It's like I don't fucking know what any of this means. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean that might yeah. That could add a whole new layer. We always yeah. talk about layers, right? So, all right. All right. Yeah, no, no, no. Not bad. Not bad. Um, Not trolling. Right. Actual answers. Look, okay. James McAvoy is a real answer. He literally can do it. We know. Ah. We've seen it. We've seen him play Professor X. It's a thing that could happen. All right. Uh, Black Bolt is the last one. Uh, you go ahead and go first this time. You know, Uno reverse. You go first. Okay. Okay. I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. All right, you're gonna. I already know you're gonna say who, but just let me let me finish. Let me finish. All right, Dennis Haysbert. Dennis Haysbert for Black Bolt. Now I know you and probably all of the listeners out there in the comic book characters universe are like, who is Dennis Haysbert? Oh shit! He is the Allstate commercial oh, guy. <laughs> He's the dude with the voice. The voice. You know what I'm talking about. Um, when you're in good hands, you know, or whatever the hell he says. Uh, you know, Black Bolt doesn't get to say a lot, but when he does, it matters, right? So, yeah. boom. Dennis Haysbert is my choice. Okay. Yeah, not bad. All right. Surprise, but all right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Surprise, like to be sure. <laughs> Hello there. Uh, all right. Last one. Black Guy Bolting on. Um, this pick, I think, really speaks to like the core tenets, the core like uh, power set of this character. Um, if there's one actor I wish I could watch and not have him speak, not have him ruin any fucking part of my movies, it's fucking Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> and and you get the added benefit of seeing him blow his own head yes! off. Yes, yes. The sweet revenge. Do we? <laughs> I was not expecting that. That's a fantastic answer. <laughs> I would be there. I would watch that scene even more so. The, the, the sad reality is he would just drag it down. Oh, he would somehow find a way to talk more. God. Not, uh, not, not even that. You just like emote weirdly in the suit. You kind of like just shift his weight and kind of like his gait. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. It, it, you, I can already see it. Fucking Jared Leto. Oh, but dude, how great would it be for the cast and crew on the film? Because if he method acts, then he's just staying yeah. quiet the whole yeah. time. <laughs> like, that's a win for them. Such a such a pleasant shoot. So, like, they would just be like his best performance, best <laughs> best uh, uh, off screen interactions, everything, top notch. <laughs> give him a, give him a fucking Oscar. Give him an Academy Award. Uh, it's great, great answer. I love that Jared Leto has been in a hundred percent of God the actor audits so I far. Do it. Is that going to be a thing? Maybe. Please no. <laughs> Please no. It's gross. Um, all right. So, I think at the end of the day, it's clear that uh, Chris and I both really, really, really enjoyed this film. Um, 
again narratively I'm, I'm wondering if they could have made some other choices but I don't really have any other ideas so I guess they did what they did what they could and I really applaud them for not doing what I thought they were going to do which I thought would have been really cool but would have been just more of the same from No Way Home and um you know they just kind of did a totally different way of incorporating the multiverse thing and uh hey now Charles Theron is in the is in the fold and I like her so I think she's kind of underrated on some levels um yeah I did not like that that post credit scene cuz I just thought it was kind of nothing it was a nothing burger like I like to say <laughs> but uh but hopefully it you know it gets better uh nothing against her it's just it was just like there just wasn't a lot to it I did love the movie ending with him walking and then just like falling to his knees and the third eye popping out. Yeah, that was such a Sam Raimi thing. Yeah, got that in, in a film full of Sam Raimi shit. That was like the most Sam Raimi thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chris, final thoughts? Oh, uh, it was great. I liked it a lot. Uh, four middle riffs out of five. <laughs> how many soul? How many soul bats slash cape? Oh, uh, oh, he needs one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now I want to go back. I do. I want to see. I mean, I'm going to see it again, but like, I really want to go see it again. Oh, you know, man. Um, <laughs> the film just really, it really does some stuff. It really, really <laughs> does. I mean, I know that sounds silly the way, but like, it just, it really does some things you have not seen before in a Marvel film. That's that's saying something. That's saying something when everyone's complaining about it being too formulaic. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Big Wheel winner of the week. We're getting to the end of the show. Let's do the Big Wheel winner. No. You can pray for love to give you fire. you. <laughs> all right. Fun, fun. Fun, it's it never is not great. Um, fun little trivia fact about uh, Mr. Mr. Renner. So Haley Steinfeld, who of course was um, Kate Bishop in Hawkeye, has recently done a private signing um, with a company uh, to sign comic books and other movie paraphernalia. A lot of it from Hawkeye, some of it from Spider Verse, because she was of course the voice of Spider Gwen. Uh, but um, so some of those books have finally started to hit the after the second market, uh, like on eBay and whatnot. And I do think it is kind of funny that the books that are signed by just her seem to be valued more than the books that are signed by her and Jeremy Renner. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Um, I think that's very funny. I'm trying to get one with her on a spider, like a Spider Gwen comic or something. Uh, I, thought, you know, I thought that sentence was going to stop right there. I'm trying to get one with her. Yeah, well, um, just, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end see that one. I'm gonna no comment. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, so anyway, um, but yeah, that's a funny little tidbit. Uh, Jeremy Renner somehow devalues the book. Um, anyway, big wheel winner of the week is uh, fucking death. Okay, like he took Neil Adams and George Spedes from us. That's not great. Uh, we've been losing people left and right this year. I know it happens obviously every year because that's how life works. But it's a bummer sometimes. And um, 
you know, I talked earlier about how it's great that in comics, they're literally archives. Like, comic books are archives. Yeah. You can go back into the past and revisit them. And I think that's important. And I think with the MCU, with weird oddities like the Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, that we have new archives of art. And I'm happy about that. But that being said, still, I think death is the big little winner of the week. Unless you've got something else, Chris, you're welcome to throw one in as well. No, that, that's pretty much got it for me. I mean, well, just to tack up on what you were saying, like it, especially for an artist that uh, whose work you see, just like the dynamism of all these poses and all these action sequences, you can really like if if you let your mind wander enough, you can your eyeballs can kind of trace like the motion of their hand as they're designing the page spread. So oh, yeah, Very I mean. Not, nobody's ever truly left us if we have uh, memory that a lot. Memories of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the whole... Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. I, I completely agree with that. Oh, this is totally unrelated. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to throw it into Big Wheel as well. I saw... Uh, I don't know if you saw... Well, no, because you said you got there late, right? So, uh, did you see any trailers? I saw the Avatar 2 trailer. Oh, yeah, no. I, we saw all the trailers. Uh, and I was like, I don't give a shit about this movie. Yeah. I don't want. Why did you make this? I don't want this, Cameron. Do something else. I don't want this. No, I don't want it. I. uh, So he's a big wheel winner of the week. Avatar is a big winner of the week. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I'm really pissed that Avatar somehow became the number one highest grossing film again. Um, Let's 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 throw out a special edition uh, uh, for Endgame. Let's get that back. Do not like Avatar. It just, just culturally has no importance. Even though, yes, it's friend Gully or whatever, and yeah, our planet is dying. Yes, yes, that's all true. It's, it's just the, a tough hang. The the movie is just a nut. It's the most nothing burger movie. Just I don't want more of them. Supposedly he's going to make like four or five of these. Fuck just, out of here. I don't. I don't want it. I don't. I know some of y'all are getting comic book fatigue, movie fatigue. Okay, that's okay. Take a break. Watch something else. Go see Everything Everywhere All at Once. Amazing, tremendous film. My God, I cannot say enough good things about that film. Go see that. Don't go see Avatar 2. We don't need to see Avatar 2. Nobody wants it. So, yeah, I'm adding I'm adding that all into the big wheel as well. Uh, but nice. thank you, fans, so much for sticking with us. Like I said, we're trying our best. We're getting on a more uh, normal and frequent schedule. Uh, we know how much a lot of y'all missed this last year, so we're, we're redoubling our efforts. And, you know, pretty soon, I think Chris is going to have a little more free time. Um, I will somehow try to figure out how to squeeze a 25th hour out of the day. And <laughs> we will start doing some retro reviews and a lot of other fun things. Um, but until next time, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Remember, I'm something of a comic fan myself. This is all your starts. <laughs>